uh, I'll do a little bit of an intro if that's all right. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with you and then we'll go around. Hi. Um, so that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm Ikra, I'm a, a PhD student at the University of Manchester, which sounds dead smart, but it isn't really. And um, I'm one half of the Brown Girls Do It podcast. And that's kind of how I met Selena and because um, I've been bugging them to come on for ages. <laughs> one day. Um, and that's what I do. Hello. Yeah. Um, this lovely picture of me is uh, one that I put up where I've got pork scratching dust on my top. <laughs> so I'm really on brand. Um, I'm Rachel. I work at MMU Union as a campaigns coordinator. Um, I used to work for a charity called Reclaim. Um, um, I worked there for three years and I also last year started a not-for-profit called The Last Class, which is campaigns training for working class women from council estates in Manchester. I'm Shade. Um, I'm a receptionist and an artist. Um, I know Selena because my best friend's big sister is Selena's friend. Um, so that. Selena's known me since I was a crusty teenager. And no, yeah, <laughs> went to the same school, same crusty school. Um, yeah, just an artist. Just yeah, that's it. I feel like we should address right that if someone says a place that you're from, feel free to be like yes, <laughs> because everybody really wants to do it. And we're all just sitting here like, mm, yeah, it's good talk. But really, <laughs> you want to rep your ends, don't you, really? So if someone says where they're from, feel free to woo. Selena, what crusty school did you go to? Hey, that was me as well. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, let's talk about what year are you in? I'm 25 now. I remember you. What was your form? My form? Oh, fuck, I can't remember. We had Mr. No, that, do you have a name? EPK. Oh, no. We had I remember. Yeah. Hey, how about that? Yeah. Didn't care yeah, I went like, um, I moved there when I was in year eight, um, and then I was like there until, and, and then it became an academy when I was in year eleven. Anyway, anyway. I feel a bit left out now. I'm like, Yorkshire. Anyway, so. We'll kick it off with, how do you think, like, how much do you think class has shaped you as a person? Someone <laughs> <laughs> else, someone else, I can talk if you want and intro it. Um, Go on. I think I've talked a lot on the podcast and in the zines, and if you follow me anywhere online, I like feelings and I like telling my stories, so I'll not do it for too long. But um, I think a big part of everything I do, class, um, it's just a massive part of it. Whether it's being at work and having to stand in front of people and feeling like an alien because of either the way I look, the way I speak, whatever, um, there's that. And also just making friends, I think it's a thing. Honestly, I just think class is just a massive part of everything. Um, so that's obviously where all the, the kind of passion comes from for doing, for doing this anyway. But um, yeah, I think it's a big part of... Um, for me, it's, I, I want to be involved in helping people see their self-worth, because I think in culture, in society, in workplaces, lots of different examples, people just don't, it's like you, they don't think that you've got anything good to say if they read you as working class. They don't, th you know, you feel like you're not supposed to be in a space, maybe you're going to nick the ram bag. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, it's a big thing, and for me, I'm quite passionate about making a bit of a space to actually go, let us tell you about our lives and how you maybe judge 
or whatever, you know, and the other side of just, again, trying not to like bash other people all the time. Calling that out, yeah, but also creating those spaces so we feel safe and we feel good and how we can help each other as well. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, like you, it's always been a part, big part of my life, but n I wouldn't really recognise it until I was older and started talking about, like, oh, middle class, working class, higher class, upper class, whatever. Um, and then when I went to uni and stuff and talking to my friends, obviously they hear me talking like, you all right, mate? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and then we've, we've known me for ages. And then I was talking about school and they were like, oh, what was your school? I said, oh, yeah, North Manchester High School for Girls. A girls' school? That's really posh. I was like, have you heard my accent? I did not go to a posh school. It was like, crusted. Like I don't know, it's just a big part of who I am, how I interact with people. And like you say, at work and stuff, um, I work in a uni. And I went to that uni, but it's different being on the other side. Like when I'm, I'm at the reception and people come over, I'm like, hi, how can I help you? Talking like that, and they're just like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel a bit weird, but um, yeah, it just, it's just a part of everything. It's a part of your interaction with your friends and how you, which is how you come across. Um, and I don't know, I, I never really feel self-conscious of it, even though sometimes people kind of, I think, try to make you feel self-conscious of being working class in certain spaces. I'm an artist, so sometimes in art spaces I can feel a bit like, oh, what's going on? But it's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if that answered the question. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, well, when Selena before was talking about being obnoxious, I am queen of being obnoxious about the fact that I'm like, oh, I'm from Withenshaw, and like, no one asked your age, like, honestly. I love to tell people about my whole life. Um, yeah, kind of similar experience going to uni and um, not really meeting people, like expecting to meet people that are from similar backgrounds because you kind of promise that that's where you're going to thrive and then kind of like falling by the wayside. Um, again, being in feminist spaces that aren't particularly inclusive of working class women. Um, yeah, I think I didn't really realise it until I got into those spaces of being like, oh, like... Not everyone has Lucky on a meter. Not everyone hides behind the sofa when the catalogue man comes. <laughs> Those kind of... <laughs> no one else was, like, conveniently taking the bins out when the neighbours were arguing, like, that kind of vibe. Um, I like, was talking to my dad recently about it. We go to the pub every Friday night together after work. Um, and I was telling him about some of the stuff that I've got coming up and... Um, I think a big thing for me about being working class is that people get to tell me what my experiences are and should be um, and what kind of person I should be. And, oh, I've gone to uni, people are like, well, you can't be working class anymore. And I was chatting to, I know, rude. I was chatting to my dad about it and he was just like, people like us and our experiences like never leaves, never leaves you. Like, spend, he said in his words, you spend your whole life ducking and diving, um, which I'm happy to do. So, yeah, has played a massive part in my life. Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of similar to these other two in that like I don't think you can divorce your class from like any other aspect of who you are. So like um my my parents are from Pakistan, I'm British Pakistani, and uh, we're like working class for brown people, um from like back where we're from, like from the middle of nowhere, and like everyone's really poor and stuff. And then we're also like working class like by British standards as well. And like I, we always had that realization growing up. So my dad would always be like, oh. I'm really sorry, you can't have this because we don't have the money. Like, he was always really open about it. He was like, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, this is just what our situation is. And then, very similar to these guys, I had, like, a... Like, all of that really gets consolidated when you go to uni. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like, you know, 
you realise that when you say you're broke, what you mean is you're at the end of your overdraft and you've got no money. <laughs> and when your mates say that they're broke, they're like, oh, I'm about to go into my overdraft. I've only got like £100 left in my account. And you're like, oh, oh we have very different no, ideas. Really different of, yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think that like it's something that you become more and more aware of, like the more you're in spaces where yeah. everybody around you isn't working class. I think it's something you um, you don't know because often, especially if you're from an estate, you're growing up with all the people that you know. Mm -hmm. So you don't think you're different. And then you maybe leave the estate, whether it's uni or where it's somewhere else, and then you're like, mm, I'm a bit different me. Do you know, you, you do kind of find that, don't you? I'll grab the mic there. Um, Go on. It reminded me of that what you said then when I was in college. Did anyone watch People Like Us? That program, well, oh, that was, it, it was where <laughs> we're from. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It was one of those like poverty porn TV shows where they were um, going around our parade where we're from, and um, I remember like people in college were like, "Oh, it's oh, it's hanging, it's so crusty," da, da, da. and I'm like, "That's just people where I'm from," and I I, I was just like, "They're just normal. That's like our parade market. I go there all the time." Um, so it was like then seeing like, "Oh, maybe even if people are from like Manchester, even I just assumed everyone from Manchester had the same experience, but still they're a kind of." different levels of class, so they come from like posher schools and not seeing Harper A for all its glory, and I was just <laughs> like, yeah man, go get some chips off the market, innit? <laughs> but yeah, that was like my first kind of entrance into like, oh, okay, well, there's a little bit of a disparity there. Yeah, like, um, so I said that I moved to, to North Manchester High School for Girls when I was in year eight, and it was because um, my dad, and my mum re really, used to be really religious, and it's like calmed down a little bit now. But um, she's, she's like really, really practicing and she wanted me to go to this Islamic school and there's, there is one in Manchester, it's called Manchester Islamic High School for Girls and it's this like private school, it's in Cholton like, and it's really posh. And is this a thing in Manchester, this school for girls? Cause yeah, yeah, no, I mean like, <laughs> I think a lot of this is like a lot of conservative Muslim parents being like, we want our, our girls to be in this like space where they can grow up religious and all the rest of it. Yeah. It doesn't really work, but... <laughs> Um, the, the thing about that was like it costs like five grand a year to go and my dad bless him was working as a taxi driver and he was like it's all right we'll scrimp and save and we'll do it and it's it's fine just go take the entrance exams and then I was just miserable there because everyone else was dead posh and they all had like loads of spending money and phones and all this other stuff and I just I just felt like an outsider like I I was like the poor kid at private school and I hated it and then my dad was like Right, I'm going to be honest with you, kid. Like, this is really expensive. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, Dad. I'm fucking miserable. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we were like, okay, well, should we move school? And he was just like, yeah, all right. And then we went to North Manchester High School for Girls. And then they were like, I'll go on then. Like, you can start next week. And then I got my maroon jumper and that was it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just you, innit? Anybody yeah. else? No whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I think I kind of had the reverse experience. So I went to school in Wivenshaw, um, like primary school in Wivenshaw. I went to the school that my dad went to. And then I went to St. Paul's High School in Wivenshaw for year seven. Um, and I was like, can I swear? I fucking hate school. Like, I'm not, I just stopped going. Um, and like, I love to learn. I used to like go to the library, the Wivenshaw Library, and like make up projects for the homework club and be like, oh, I've been assigned this massive project. <laughs> It's on Shakespeare and just complete bullshit because I just wanted to like learn loads of different things. Um, but I really hated school and stopped going. Um, me and my mum had to go and speak to the deputy head teacher and he was like, what is it that you want to do? And I was like, oh, I think one day I want to go to uni. And he was like, maybe you should think about other options. 
So my mum and dad were like, right, we're going in with the old school social mobility tactic and they <laughs> sent me to grammar school. So I went to grammar school in year eight in Altrincham. And uh, on the first day, everyone kept repeating everything that I was saying back to them in a really exaggerated Mancunian accent. And I was like, I'm not fucking Bez. Like, I'm <laughs> legit, like, I've not, I don't speak like that. Um, and then, like, one teacher said to me that, oh, my financial difficulty must be embarrassing. And then my biology teacher, who was, who was crusty, was like super like posh crusty, it made me stay behind after lessons to, to learn how to speak properly. She was like, I think once she, once she asked me what form room I was in, and I said 42, and she was like, you cannot drop the team, 40. Um, so you used to make me stay behind in biology so she could teach me how to speak properly, because she said, no one will take you seriously. And I think, I wish I hadn't let that affect me, but it did. And now I don't have as much of a Mancunian accent, and it annoys me. <laughs> too right. Woo! <laughs> so the next question was actually, do you believe you're read as working class? I think... Some of you have already touched on that already, um, but yeah. I don't think I am, because I sound like this. Um, and it's really weird because, uh, so the reason I sound like this is like a mixture of a bunch of different things. I spent the first few years of my life in Denmark. So when I started school, we, we moved back to Manchester because that's where my mum's family were based. And my mum was like, I think you guys should go to university in England. Like it's the best education system in the world. And it's so affordable. Um, <laughs> I'm going to point out, I could have had uni for free if I stayed in Denmark, but it is what it is. And um, I had this like really sing-song Danish accent when I went to, to school in GML. And I got the absolute piss ripped out of me. And like, even though we were like four or five-year-olds, like, they noticed that someone's different. And so they take the mick out of you for it. Uh, and so I think I started training myself to like speak in a much more English accent, which is, I think, why I sound like this. But it's interesting because a lot of people assume that I'm posh because I've got like a very typical English accent. But then I pronounce things like I'm from Manchester. <laughs> and I'll say stuff like, oh, I think that's dead good or whatever. Like, yeah. and, and people will be like, oh, I have had people come up to me at university and say, whereabouts in London are you from? And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> that's <just> rude. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not from London. Um, but yeah, I, I think people just assume that I'm posher than I am and I don't like that. But. I also realised that not sounding like particularly Mancunian is like, it helps you in a lot of ways and people take you more seriously when you don't sound like you've got a regional accent, which is annoying, but... I'm not quite sure how, depends what, I think it depends what space I'm in. So in my a previous job, my manager was like, you need to stop being so I am working class so people take you seriously. <laughs> Like, I feel like I can't not do that because it's really important to me and it is part of my identity. Um, I'd, I don't know, I'd, yeah, I, I can't tell whether people think I am or not. Because I suppose I, the T-shirt helps. The T-shirt does help. I was going to I said still hate fat chair, but I was like, <laughs> this, this one was clean. So, um, yeah, no, I think I present my, the way that I present myself in, in terms of like what I speak about and what I care about and like in a social justice activism kind of way, it's... Um, You'd be, I mean, you'd be silly if you didn't think that I was working class. Um, but I don't know if I'm completely red as it. I don't, I don't know if I particularly have an accent that people would be like, oh, you're from Manchester. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's confusing. Um, I, like, I think it's as long as I, as I know that I am. I think what annoys me is when people who are middle class like to tell me that I'm not. That annoys oh, me. I hate that. Yeah. 
They're like, who are you? No one asked you. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to something the other day and it was about um, like support for working class um, kids at university. And this man put his hand up and was like, oh, my parents grew up working class, but I grew up solidly middle class. Where's the support for me? And I was like... <sighs> We can boo as well, if you want to boo. <laughs> the whole world is your support. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I, I can't tell. Um, yeah. Uh, I, f I guess so. Um, I think sometimes working class is seen as very white though, so I'm like, I, I don't know, really know where I fit into that, because it's like when, uh, when you were talking before about working class artists and um, like, in that realm, I, th I think it's like all oh, white men. So like when I'm in art spaces, I, I mean they can hear me, so they must know. But <laughs> um, I think I think there's like a weird like middle ground. It's like white working class, white middle class, and then just all the non-white people just kind of like <laughs> um, we can never quite be posh, but then we can't really, we're not really in that demographic. But I guess people see how I present myself, how I uh, talk. Usually I'm wearing trackies and stuff, so yeah, I guess people Love see me as working class. But um, yeah, I don't know, don't really know. I think people just see me as loud and brash. I'm being a bit calm and collected now, but you know, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, probably the day, probably the day. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for um, like the, there's a, often a conversation like either in, like, I don't know, TV documentaries or whatever, someone will say about working class and the first thing people think is like white working class men, right? So then you have the whole, you know, like Jack the Lad. I don't want to say it bad about the Gallagher brothers because I'm in Manchester, do you know what I mean? Stay in my lane. <laughs> but like, do you know that thing of, that's what you think in it, like working class lads, working class heroes. You don't really think of um, like pretty much anybody else. So then you have like that stage one of, what about women? Do you know, then there's like part one. Then there's like, wait a minute, what about everybody else? You know, we're talking like spectrum of LGBTQI+, we're talking about POC, talking about absolutely everything else, and it is just like a staggered thing of, we have the conversation, oh yeah, you know, Professor Green did them shows, it's like, oh, working class lads, yeah. Then you've got, <laughs> what about Kerry Katona? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I am like the biggest fan of Kerry Katona. That last don't get no, no good press, does she? Right? There's a, it's complicated, so I'm fully backed. But I just think you can, be, you can be a Gallagher or you can be like other types of working class lad and it's like, oh, you know what he's like, you know. Mm. Kerry Katona can't get a break, man. <laughs> oh, she did. She did. There were one of them, um, I religiously watch anything she's in. So she did this uh, series at one point and she lit a cigarette by leaning over the hob with a tab in her mouth. Went absolutely, meant, do you know what I mean? Like, get slated everywhere for that. Pretty sure if a Gallagher brother did that, they'd be like, oh, <laughs> lad. Yeah. So I think, like, obviously, I can only speak for, for my experience there, but I think, yeah, there's this whole other world of people with working class experiences that you just say working class and people just think that. So, yeah. Um, does your current job, passion, lifestyle choice, you know, whatever, uh, conflict <laughs> with your working class identity and also how people perceive you? So, do you do something where people go, you think you are like, do you know what I mean? No one here works for the BBC, do they? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, no, so uh, last year, they, is it last year or the year before, um, they were doing something about um, women in Manchester. They wanted to do like a panel discussion and they asked my um, 
old boss if she wanted to be on the panel. And the, the topic was Manchester women have it easy. And um, I know, weird. Well, none <laughs> of the women on the panel were from Manchester. And um, they asked my manager at the time if she knew anyone that would be good. And she suggested me and they said, um, oh, can you send over some stuff that she's done? And they sent over like a couple of like speeches and like things that were written. And he's like, yeah, 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 we're really interested. And um, she was like, can you tell us a bit more about her? And when she said where I was from, they said that they couldn't have me because they didn't have the capacity to support my additional needs. <gasps> um, what the hell are they? I don't know. And like, probably all the Chris buddies that I would want to have. <laughs> um, so sometimes like that is annoying because you come face to face with or like head on with an institution that you also really want to change and you want to use their platform to like discuss things that you really care about. So now I'm, I'm doing some work with them again and in a different capacity and I'm talking about working class women and like pretty much what you were just saying that it's not just about working class white boys, it's, you know, it's, there's so much more to it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a struggle of being like the people that burn you, you also have to sometimes be like, thanks for helping me again <laughs> or giving me this platform i think that's the only the only like real struggle in campaigning spaces that i face um yeah maybe maybe take their name out <laughs> <laughs> i'm really interested in like first of all how do women from manchester have it easy and two what the hell are oh, working class additional needs i know well the thing that ironically they said that that I can't be on it. The only person from Manchester can't be on it because I've got additional needs. And they, they said that their alternative was that I could sit in the uh, audience and ask a question to the panel. Oh, so I could ask a question to the panel of people who aren't from Manchester about why Manchester women have it easy. There it is. Said that. <laughs> I think like, it's weird being a PhD student because um, nearly everybody around me is middle class and like they've always seen themselves doing a PhD. So they're like, oh, you know, I was gonna, always gonna go to uni and my dad's a professor and my, my mum did a master's in this. And like, you know, they, they've seen other people do it before. Yeah. Whereas like, um, my generation is the first generation to go to uni full stop. Like, you know, going to uni for, for a degree was like a big deal. And um, the cool thing about being part of the South Asian community is like, you do get that push to like, oh yeah, you've got to go to uni. Of course you've got to go get a degree and like, it's really nice to have that. I think in other parts of the working class community, people are like, oh, who do you think you are going to uni? And I think it's, it's different because I didn't grow up with that. But then when I stayed on for a master's, they were like, I mean, you've got a degree now, like, this is a bit of overkill. And then I was like, oh, well, this project's come up and I really like it and I want to do it. And it's a complete change from everything I've ever done before. And then my mum's like, babe, like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's just like, what do you actually do day to day? And I think there's, there is this idea that like, PhDs aren't for people like us. Like, you can be a doctor if you're South Asian, but it's got to be like the right kind, like the medical kind. And um, and so it's weird because it's like it's a very middle class space, and I think there's there are so many issues that I come up against, and they've not had anyone come up to them with that issue before because most people don't have it. Like, so as a PhD student, you get like a you get like a salary every month, it's like a stipend. And it's like tax-free money from the government, which is amazing because I was just like, oh my God, what? I can just like sit and eat biscuits and I get paid for it. <laughs> it was amazing. And, um, but then it's, it's not a lot of money. I could make more if I worked at Marxies, which is what I did like when I was at uni and before and stuff. And um, it, it was weird because like I'd turn around and say, oh, I can't pay for all this stuff. Like 
for like travel to all these like international conferences and then like wait three months to get the money back because yeah, yeah. it's like thousands and thousands of pounds and I don't have that. And they'd be like, oh, just dip into your savings. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, sure. Sorry, I didn't think about that, did I? <laughs> what savings? Yeah. And yeah, it's weird because it's like, it, you, you get this messaging from the people around you that are like, oh, well, you know, people like us don't do things like that. And then you're in the space and the people around you are like, oh, I don't think anyone like you has done this before in this space with us. And that's the messaging that you get. So it's, it's a weird one. I have a similar thing with the, um, you can just pay it right and that's fine. I, uh, I work for a big corporate company now. You, you might see it because I've got some kit from here. You might see it just pop up on the screen a bit. But um, when I started there, we had to go to a conference in Edinburgh. And um, I weren't, all, you know, set up on all systems. I didn't have an Amex. By the way, I'm an Amex wanker. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> just through work, though, yeah? Just remind you all, I'm also bankrupt, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm legit, yeah? The only way I've got an Amex is through work. <laughs> I can't even get a bloody current account, just saying. So anyway, um, yeah, when I started there, I was there for two weeks, and they said, oh, we're off to this uh, Edinburgh conference. Like, just book all your travel and that, um, and then we'll show you where you put your expenses in. Just book all my travel and that. We're staying at this right nice hotel in Edinburgh, right, for two nights, and the train there and back. Where's the bit where I say, can I have some help with that? <laughs> what is going to happen at week two? Are you going to fire me? Because I can't afford to bloody, you know, dash 300 quid expenses somewhere. Um, so yeah, a similar thing of like, where's the conversation? Because then you have to then almost go, uh, I'm a working class person or I'm a person who can't afford that. And it shouldn't really be like that. You shouldn't have to be the person who goes, oh yeah, like, because then you're forced to tell people about yourself and you might not want to. Um, so yeah. Pesky. <laughs> Told everyone I've got an MX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't want to tell you, Selena, but... <laughs> um, how does class feature in your family, friends and relationships? Oh. I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> right. You're just nodding at me. Yeah, like, go on. Um, so, it's interesting because um, my... So, my mum's family are all based in Manchester and some of them are a lot more well-off than the rest of us. And so I live in Cheat Mill, so yeah, it's, yay, hey, thank you. Um, yeah, it's very rarely when I go to like places outside of Manchester that people know what, what Cheat Mill is. And this one time I was in a conference and I met someone who went to the same uni as I did and he was like, oh yeah, I know where Cheat Mill is. Cause I'm like from outside of Manchester. And I was like, oh sweet. Like I never know anyone who knows what it, where it is. And he was like, yeah, like every time we drove into Manchester, my mum would be like, oh, we're in Cheat Mill, like lock the doors and pull the windows up. And I was like, sounds about right. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that because I'm <laughs> But um, I've completely lost track of the question. Um, class in like family. Class and family, yeah. So, um, yeah. so my aunt's family are loaded and they live in like the nice bit of Crumpsall and they, they're like landlords and have houses and stuff like that. And my parents, um, they managed to buy their house, but they bought it off a guy who'd like just declared bankruptcy and had to get rid of all of his stuff. Um, and so like... We've always been really aware of the fact that, like, the reason why my parents even own a house is just luck and uh, having some support from my mum's family and stuff like that and that we're really working class and, you know, a lot of our family members aren't. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, like, I went away to uni and there was this one point where I broke three of my fingers in a really stupid cycling accident. 
I couldn't actually ride a bike at that point. I just got a bit too confident and <laughs> went over the handlebars. It was a whole thing. And um, I was working like over the summer like in Newcastle where I went to uni. And uh, I knew I couldn't ask my mum for help because I was sending her a bit of my pay paycheck every month to help her out. And I went to the doctor and he was just like, oh, um, I'm, I'm not going to give you like a, a note to say you, you can go back to work because you've broken three of your fingers and you work as a barista, like it's not going to happen. And I was like, I can do it one-handed, probably, maybe. I'll make this work. I'll make it work. And he was just like, just take a few weeks off work, just ask your parents for help with rent. And I was like, well, I can't do that. And it's this whole thing of, um, whilst I was at uni, I never asked my mum for it, or like my dad when he was around, like um, for a penny. And I was really, really proud of that because I knew they couldn't, that they would find a way to make it work if they had to help me out. But and you also knew they couldn't afford to, and uh, and then like my my cousins, a couple of them also went to uni, and they're like, oh yeah, dad gives me like a couple of hundred quid a week, and I never cook, and I, I live in like university accommodation for my second year of uni as well because I can't be asked finding a house, and how does anyone even pay bills? And I'm just like, it's so weird to have like that middle class thing that you come up against, but like in your own family because you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, you have like no idea how the world works, do you? But, yeah, it's that, yeah, it's my experience. <laughs> um, I, I think pretty much all of my family are working class like me. They're, but within that, there are, like, tears, though. So it's like I was raised as an only child, so I was spoiled and I was like, what I wanted, whereas my cousins, it was, like, three of them, so they'd have to kind of, you know, share between them and stuff. So there was always, like, a, a level, like, I always felt... I was a bit more privileged than them. Um, and then we moved out of our council house and got a, a, a bought house, as we call it. Um, but then they're still struggling with the bills, struggling to pay the mortgage. Mum and dad split up, struggling there. I'm having, like with you, helping my mum when, when um, I was at uni, still helping her now and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much, I've never really kind of had any middle-class friends either really um, aside from like when I went to uni like maybe one one friend but pretty much everyone I know is working class um, yeah so I don't know I, I just feel like it's 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 like an unspoken thing when you're making new friendships you just kind of know you can just sense like oh we came from the same background we've got a similar kind of upbringing and, and values and stuff like that, like my best friend Charlotte, like same thing again, we come from pretty much the same area. I've got a word. Woo woo, Charlotte. But we like we grew up the same but never really spoke about it just because that was our normal life. And then when we went to uni and stuff it was like, oh shit, this isn't everyone's life. So that's when we started talking about it. And it was just like, shit, there's rich people. And like my little cousin, um, me and my cousin the same age, the first ones to go to uni in our family, like similar to you. Um, and our younger cousin went to uni in Edinburgh. She's got loads of rich mates. I'm like, yo, what the hell? She's telling me about their life. I'm like, wow. I'm like, one like that in Salford, let me tell you. Um, that was another thing, like going to uni in Salford, like um, it was uni, but it was still Salford. <laughs> and people there, even though it was an art course, and you think it would be like, how you taught your people, they, they weren't. They were all pretty much from Manchester, a lot of mature students. Um, so yeah, I don't know, I've never really been in a space, friends or family or anything that's like outside of working class. It's just, that's just always been what it is. And um, yeah, I guess it's more so as I get older and I start, like I've got a job now, I'm working and 
um, working at a uni, I see the lectures and stuff like that's where the kind of class disparity comes in. But in my personal life, there's never really been one. Um, I guess I similarly only really grew up around working class people um, until I went to the dreaded uh, posh school. Um, I made really good friends there. I say it's like dreaded, like I've made friends for life there. Um, but when I first started after the whole like Bez incident, I was like thinking about like words. Once I, I called the chippy a chip shop because I was like, well, are they going? Are people going to take the piss if I say chippy? And then I said chip shop, and I was like, you're a wanker. <laughs> why, why have you done that? Um, so I think there was like bits where I'd like try and be a bit posh around my friends, and I'd be like, yeah, I go for nice food sometimes. I don't know, just like pretend, <laughs> <laughs> just like, I think I, for a while pretended I was a bit um, posher than I was. And um, but then my mum and dad were like, stop it, behave yourself. Um, <laughs> you just think you are. Um, yeah, I guess I, in relationships, I, uh, I find, not find it difficult, but I think it's. I think it's just important for me to be like these. These are barriers to me, but that's the same with any relationship or friendship in any way, isn't it? To be like to learn from each other's experiences and like understand how the world works through different people for different people. Um, but yeah, not until I went to school, I was very, very then hyper aware of um, myself and my experiences. But um, yeah, no, it's. But like in primary school, it was it was great. We were all poor, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, do you speak openly with your family or like parents, guardians, etc., about class? Because so, Selena don't really need a mic. To be fair, she can probably just feed in. <laughs> we've we've talked, haven't we, a lot about how do you then talk to your family? So if you're talking about being working class, there's an element of it where people might read it as being ungrateful right, or why are you saying that about our business, right? Do, have you ever had that situation, like, do you speak to your family openly about being working class, or, you know, like, obviously we Instagram and all that now, all cousins want to follow you and that, and you're like, doing this event, <laughs> can you not Google me? <laughs> See what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, do you ever have anything like that? Um, I think class is one of the few things that I can really talk openly to my mum about. Like, me and my dad would always talk about it, and he was always really open about it. It was like, being working class is nothing to be ashamed of, like, and we'd have conversations about how, like, being working class and, like, having, like, a, an, like, a, not having, like, a salary job, being paid wages and stuff, and, like, and he was a, a taxi driver before Uber came along and stuff, like, you know, he knew exactly what it was like to have to work hard every single day and, like, not be able to take like days off because you're sick or whatever like he was he had that working class mentality and it was one of the reasons why he got on so well with people who weren't like Pakistanis because they had that in common and um and my mum has always been really open about our finances because she thought it was really important that we learn that from an early age and so she was like you know I'm not saying this so that you like feel like this is your st this is your lot in life and you can't like do do any better but I think it's a really good place to start mm -hmm. and I was always always thought that like our values and our ethics are, like, that's what we grow up with. And I've always found that working class people are the most generous people that I know. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like all of my working class mates, like, if anyone's like, 
got a bit of extra money on payday or they're like oh yeah this is on me don't worry about it and then your your middle class mates at uni are the ones that are like oh you know i gave you that pound the other day like can i it's like i'm, I'm like oh, i'm really broke i'm like only got 100 pounds after my current account can i just get that pound back like and it's it's that whole thing of like i think there's such a community about it so me and my mates do talk about that and like even my friends who are middle class like more often than not like i think all of my mates who are middle class who grew up middle class their parents were working class or like come from council estates or like so they've grown up with parents who are like you're not going to be a middle class wanker like you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> understand how money works and like you'll know like what our stories are and like where we came from and stuff like that so i think it, i do talk about it i'm really open about it and i think definitely in the past few years i've been more and more proud about it as well which i think is kind of cool um I guess so. I remember when I was younger, I used to be like, I'm not working class, I'm upper class, but just joking. <laughs> like, no, you fucking not. I was like, all right. Um, but I just say it to wind him up. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even think it needs to be said. Like, my dad's a mechanic, MOT tester, and my mum's a cleaner. So it was just always just, just known. And like, I don't know. Even when I went to uni, I thought maybe they'd. I don't know, there may be a conversation of like, maybe you'll expect different people, you'll meet different. But, because it was Salford, they were just like, yeah, you're in Salford, just watch yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We don't really talk about it. I speak about it with my friends a little bit, but it's just one of those things that goes unsaid. It's like, yeah, we just work hard for what we, we want. Um, again, they, they always gave me more than they had, so I had a more privileged upbringing than them, but I was still working class. Um, and yeah, I don't know, really. Um, I think maybe with my cousins a little bit more, because like my cousins have gone to uni and stuff, and we talk about that, and we talk about like the different experiences and the the people that we meet, and it's just like, wow. Like my cousin who went to, goes to Edinburgh, she just has completely different um, perspective than a lot of her friends or people that she's met, and yeah, she just like tries to cling on to like what she knows. She doesn't have to cling on because she is from like. Manchester anyway and from Blakely and like her financial situation is what it is whatever but it's like when you're around those kind of people it can sometimes be a little bit intimidating to be yourself I guess and to not try and conform or pretend you're something you're not um, but yeah I don't even know if I answered the question then sorry yeah pretty much <laughs> so it's like where I sort of was thinking about it is like you know you can talk about your experiences and, and what you've mm -hmm. achieved and all that but when you're talking about having or not having stuff yeah that it can be quite awkward or, or you don't want people to think that you're like blaming them mm -hmm. do you know what i mean yeah. like oh well i couldn't do this because mm -hmm. you couldn't afford to take us on holiday or do you know, like begrudging people i think it's it's a bit of an awkward topic i didn't enjoy school i hated going to a bar school i hated uni just a lot of hate in my life. And I think probably until I like was working at Reclaim, to be honest, um, that I started thinking about it more um, because I could relate to some of the young people. Um, especially I started mentoring a girl um, from the Moss Side Girls Project um, who I had loads in common with and I've been mentoring her for four years and it was like really, it really validated my experience to see that someone else was having the same experience even though she was 12. Um, yeah, and, and for like the, the similar similar reasons, um, I think it is important. You know what you were saying about like personal statements, going to uni, like 
again, we're all first generation uni, my mum and dad didn't finish high school. So like not having that support around or knowing that it was like that was already a barrier. Um, I think it's important to just feel to just feel validated and have shared experiences and solidarity with people and yeah, to feel comfortable in yourself. Um, sorry, can I just ask the question again? What was the question? Um, how important is it to you to speak your truth and have like your experiences heard and shared? Um, very, of course, <laughs> here today. Um, particularly in my art, I try to, m most of my art is about like me being queer, um, but I use my voice in it too. I do poetry and stuff, and a lot of it is like um, audio. So when I do that, I try and use my slang and stuff. I talk how I talk. I talk a bit more crustier than this. I keep using crusty. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know, I just, I think being an artist, because there is like this weird feeling like, oh, an artist, am I posh? Am I not working class anymore? But it's like, I am. Um, I feel like I have to kind of represent for that. And uh, when I am at, you know, art events and stuff, I, I don't know, I just want to come across as me. I never want to anyone to assume that I'm anything else. I don't want people to know my story and where I'm from and like that I went to a shit school, first in the family to go to uni. Um, didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I'm a receptionist. Like, I, it's it's so important to kind of hold on to that and to try and like put that in my work. Um, but I think it's, I don't know. Ho I want I want to be like you guys and like help other people. It's 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 you know having a platform and helping others. So um, hopefully in the future doing arts and like going into schools and stuff talking about it because we at our school even though it was shit like we had so much kind of outside stuff so we went to like see plays and we in my primary school we had a project with Man manchester art gallery and stuff like i would love to be involved in stuff like that because um i benefit i benefited from it um being from a place where like my parents didn't think to take me to the art galleries and stuff so it was nice even though our schools were a bit crap they did give that and um yeah, so I think that's like the next step is to see how I can spread that kind of thing into the community and make kids like I was see the importance of creative stuff, I guess. So before we tackle the beast, um, how many people, if you want to whoop or put your hand up, were the first person to go to uni in the family? Look at that, hey, yeah. yeah. Whoop. Um, oh, hello. Right, what do the panel think of the term social mobility? I'm gonna just smash straight into that because... <laughs> um, as I said before, I'm bankrupt, right? I'm obviously working class. If I want you full permission to chuck me out of window because I'm masquerading. Is, um, I basically had a, a story that goes like, oh, you're doing, oh, you're doing good, you've gone to uni, that's good then. Okay, working like a minimum wage in a shop straight after that because who, who gears you up for like when you've been to uni? I did a bloody film degree as well. What the hell do you do after that? You obviously work in a shop, don't you? Do you know what I mean? It's not like I could work, you know, in, in London for a year and not get paid. Do you know? No, and there's not exactly loads of film action going on in Donny, is there? <laughs> so straight back to that. Um, then along the way, just a bunch of different things. Like, oh, got a job in NHS doing temping. Oh, that's fancy, isn't it, compared to my shop. You know? And you have all these different ups and downs and whatever. Um, and then I thought, ooh, I'll set my own business up because I thought I was, you know, Billy Big Balls. Like, come on. <laughs> Everyone's going, you can't set your own shop up. <laughs> I'm thinking, I can't set my own shop up. Who do I think I am? But I did it. So I had a shop for three years. 
I was never as poor in my entire life when I had that shop, but it was like, I've set my shop up now, I'm going to have to prove that I'm good at this, because I can't have my shop shut, right? So I'm constantly proving this thing, or, you know, because I were giving it the big one as well, like, if you read Paul Last 1 and 2, can't read it now, because I'm like, oh yeah, it's mint, everyone can do a business, I'm doing all right, me. Didn't do all right, <laughs> so I don't, can't read any of them out loud now. So, uh, did pretty good, and then I didn't do pretty good, and now I'm bankrupt. So, technically, on paper, can you get lower than bankruptcy? No, technically you can't, right? So I'm broke, and I'm in year five of bankruptcy, so I still can't even have a normal bank account. Do people want to tell me, though, all the time, if I'm working class or not? Yes. Do, oh, but you, you know, just shut up, yeah? Just let me tell you about my experiences that are completely not linear. They're not really easy. It's not black and white. It's very grey. Yes, am I now in a really good role and I get loads of privileges through my job? Yes. Am I self-made? Yes, because I taught myself digital skills and now I work in tech, right? There's all these different channels. That's why I hate this, because I think everybody's got their story, everybody's got a path. If we start saying things about being upwardly mobile or all this sort of shit, all it does is says working class people should stay there and middle-class people can have all this playground because they can do what they want, but you guys can stay there. Because if you don't, then people want to start telling you how you should or shouldn't see yourself or live your life, do you know what I mean? It just reinforces this idea of you don't break out of your class, you are your class. It, Working-class people can be successful. They can be CEOs, they can do what they want. That's my big fucking soapbox speech on that because I think if we start saying things like this, it's saying that you can't move out of that box and it's not a box. It's, some, it's just everybody's start. You can't choose how you're born, can you? Do you know what I mean? It's rant. <laughs> I feel like I'm a bit ill-equipped to answer it, but I think it's... I don't know if this does answer it, but I think when you're younger, you want to... I don't know, the, the rich and the famous and being middle class and being a bit more posh is like the attainable <laughs> dream. It's like, oh, I can't wait till I'm rich. And it's like... Then you get older and you feel a sense of pride of your working class identity. And then, but then you're actually doing things that are kind of maybe making you feel a bit alienated from that and like the people that you know. So like going to uni and getting a higher paid job and stuff like that. And then it's like that clinging to the, to the roots. But then all of the other things that come with it, like you say, like, yeah, maybe I have a better paid job. Yeah, maybe I work in like a cool industry, but still helping my mum with the bills, still yeah, yeah. doing this, still go home. I still talk the way I do. I'm still from where I'm from. It is hard. I think there is sometimes, it does sometimes have to be a point where you've got to realise where you are more privileged than you were. But I think it's also, it's not <clears throat> linear, as you say. Like, you can go up, 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 and then you yeah. can go bankrupt, like you said. So, and you're always still going to be from where you're from, and you won't have your mum and dad to bail you out or whatever. So, I don't know, it's, it's a bit hard, isn't it? Um, and I think as well, it is, a lot of it's seen as like this, capital thing it's like what well, how much money you've got and all that but it's like your values and your your family and how you interact with people and you know what you do for fun like i go to the pub i don't go out and have nice fancy meals with my mates or me and my mates are 24 we're still sitting in mackie's car park like that's just <laughs> what we do <laughs> um, i don't know it, it's so many factors and it's like i'm not looking to break out of being working class but maybe being in the fields that i am maybe i'll happen but i just don't i'm always gonna be me I don't know. I always went to that shit school, so after <laughs> <laughs> that way from it. <laughs> um, I hate I hate the term um, social mobility. I think it's completely redundant. I think we tie working class kids 
to this notion of having aspirations to be something better. But what that, I think that actually means is that we expect them to leave where they're from and change who they are yeah, yeah. to be what society deems successful. And I think what was really good about working at Reclaim, working with kids to talk about um, leadership and what it means to be a leader doesn't necessarily mean like kind of like girl boss feminism of being like, oh, like women, more women CEOs. It was more like you can be a leader in your community just because you are critically aware of the world. And if just because, like, if you want to stay in your community, you're already a leader and that's enough and you're already successful. I think the idea that you can be socially mobile, that you have to transcend your class barriers in order to be what people think is successful and what people think is is right is it's just wanky. It's like, I don't want to have to... So someone like Andrea Dunbar who wrote, um, is it Rita Sue and Bob too? She's from Bradford. She like continued to, did someone cheer? Yeah, we had a woo! You! Bradford! <laughs> um, just continue to live on the estate that she wrote about. She's like, why do I have to leave where I'm, where I'm from? Like, yeah, I'm successful because I've written this thing about like my personal experience. I just, yeah, I hate it. And also being, being socially mobile, you, you're still leaving people behind who do have to occupy the jobs that you don't deem as successful. So yeah, like mint for you, you went to union, now you're doing all this sick shit, that's great. <laughs> but also like there are gonna be, have to be people who, who you grew up with, you're gonna have to, they also have to occupy jobs that you aren't deeming as successful because they're not, they've not like fallen into the socially mobile category. I just hate it, I don't know if you can tell. But I just, yeah, I think it, it's, quite it, a beast, this I think it's because people tie aspirations to it so much. And I think that comes down to the way that we measure social mobilities and is in terms of like higher education as well. Like at one time we'd be like people are socially mobile because they have access to council housing. Well, there's none of that anymore, is there? So we have to change it to the people who access higher education. Well, there's still barriers to people accessing higher education, but it doesn't mean that they are what we think is successful because they've gone to uni. Like loads of the proof that I got a job working part time in a minimum on a minimum wage in a hardware shop for two and a half days a week, selling bird seed to people that I don't want to chat to. Like that have I been socially mobile now? Like not only is it like a stupid term, it's just it's a it's a wanky concept and I don't believe in it. Yeah, no, I know. I completely agree with that. Because I think I think social mobility is this like nice tidy way of saying oh look we did so much good stuff for all the poor people now that they moved up to like middle class like <laughs> well done us yeah. i think it's such a it's tory bullshit um and it's this idea that like once you've done like you you're a working class, class person you've done good like then you get to be part of the middle class isn't that great yeah. and i'm just like i don't i never want to be considered middle class i don't care like i'm, I'm always going to be the same person who like worked two jobs like worked at mackie's like on a night shift when I was at uni and like did all this other stuff and I'm always going to be the person that like helps my mum out with my paycheck and I will always always advocate for like taxing the rich like I don't care <laughs> like if I, I'm not one of those people that will like get to the point where they're like oh now I get like 36 grand a year and I'm not going to be deported by Preeti Patel and uh, <laughs> and like and and now I don't want to to pay 40% tax because that's just like going to go to all of these like scroungers like I'm I think there's this idea that you become upwardly mobile, you leave all this stuff behind and then you just become part of this group of people that looks down on the working class. Yeah, yeah. I never ever want that, if that's what social mobility is. 
it can go fuck itself, like. Oh, so many quotes in this. <laughs> <laughs> so many quotes. I think you, you're born working class and you are working class from, from beginning till the end. I don't think you can become working class really, unless maybe it's in your formative years and maybe your circumstances change. But I think it's, it's those years where you learn, you know, it's how you are, how you speak, your morals that you learn, your ethic, all that kind of stuff. I personally don't believe it can go the other way around. Um, has there been a time you've had to prove your working class credentials? <laughs> all time? Is there yeah. anybody else? Like, honestly, I think everybody's got that, haven't they? Like, someone wants to go, yeah, but, yeah, but what? Shut up. Why does it matter if I identify working class or not? Because I bloody am. It's not a thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's also this idea, we talked about this earlier as well, about like when you say working class, you think like white working class men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You think yeah. like boys around the estate or whatever. And, um, and yes, that's part of the working class, but also a huge majority of like people of colour, like black people, brown people, like we, especially if you're from an immigrant background, like that's where you start, like you, you're just working class the moment you get off the plane or the boat or whatever, you know, like that's our background and it's such a huge part of our stories and there are far less black and brown people who are middle class than there are working class, yeah. like a huge swathe of the working class community is black or brown or like non-white and I think when we talk about working class we ignore like that part of the working class community and I think we have so much more in common with like white working class people than people would have us think. Yeah. I was just going to kind of reiterate that. I think maybe our proving that we're working class is a different thing. So it's not necessarily about like the, the, the places we've gotten to, the getting into university, getting a nice job. It's more so just being considered working class because we're brown or black. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, we're just kind of overlooked. Um, just like how, you know, white working class people might have a negative view of the black boys in London, uh, the, the current violence that's going on and they, mm -hmm. they see themselves as different part and it's like we all are part of that. That's that's your problem as well as ours. It's like there's no empathy for work, like black and brown working class people's problems and no empathy for the, the kind of opportunities that they lack also. Um, but, you know, there's such a rush to the white working class lads, older, it's, I don't know. I just feel like we have to just prove that we are working class to be, to the working class, not necessarily yeah. to yeah. middle class people, but like yeah, to yeah. working class people in general, so. So, uh, there's a postdoc in our department called Harriet, and she is one of my favorite people in the world. I always say that when I grow up, I want to be her. And, um, and not just because she's got a fab house in Didsbury and like a great dog, um, <laughs> but like Harriet just introduced me to this idea that like the moment you sit down and you want to do something and you're like, I don't know if I can do it, just sit down and be like, if I was a middle class white man, <laughs> would I just do the thing? Um, and the answer is always, of course, yes, because I'd never believe that something isn't for me. And that was how I got my PhD. I was sat there like in front of the computer looking at the same advert for the project over and over again. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm not qualified. Like, yeah, it's in the same department that I've been in for a year and like these are two of my favourite lecturers and they know that I'm capable of like academic stuff. But I was sat there like, I can't do this. Like this is going to go to someone else who's like more capable, who's done stuff like this before. This isn't for me. And I mentioned it offhand to Harriet when we went for a coffee. And she was like, Ikra, if you were a middle class white man, would you just apply for it and like not give a shit? And I was like, well, yeah. And she was like, well, what's your problem? <laughs> and so she was like, whenever you ha like come across anything where you're like, I don't think this is for me, if you have that imposter syndrome, just be like, 
If I was a middle-class white man, I'd be one of those random people that thinks that they can score a point off Serena Williams. Like, I'm never having imposter syndrome ever again after that. Like, you know, if, if Barry down the street thinks he can score a point off Serena Williams, why am I having doubts about something that I'm perfectly qualified for? Like, um, but I think being working class does come into that as well because academic spaces and like spaces, other spaces that I'm in, like conferences and stuff like that, like they're all full of middle class people. And I just think, okay, uh, it took me like five tries to figure out how to say quinoa. Like, uh, why am I here? I know, right? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, and it's this whole thing of like, it, it does feed into your imposter syndrome because everybody else's confidence comes from being familiar with the environment. Yeah, yeah. And when you're not, like, it just adds to the imposter syndrome. Um, so I, I do think it feeds into it, definitely. I think I used to have loads of imposter syndrome just about my whole life in general. So like, I never spoke at uni. Also, I went to one of them girls' schools. So when I got there, and there was loads of men, and they were like talking all the time. I was like, who are these people? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think up until I started to really be self-assured in in like talking about class, I kind of did the opposite, and I was like. I'd like go to like do speeches and not prepare anything and be a complete twat and just be like, I know this because I'm an expert. Um, <laughs> so I'd like sometimes wait for like imposter syndrome to kick in in those times and they never did. But then I got introduced to the idea of something called the Jonah complex, which is kind of similar, which I feel it affects working class people, is that you're so terrified by the idea of being successful that you put everything off. You, like you just put stuff off so oh you like that's my life I tried, <laughs> I tried so I said before I started this not-for-profit last year called the last class I got money to do it which was really lucky I was like working part-time so I had I had the space to do it and the meant like the mental space to do it as well but I just stopped because I was like oh what if it means that I'm like if that I'm like posh then do you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. then it means I'm successful. And if it means that what, what we were saying about being socially mobile and having aspirations, that the idea that to be successful, you have to change who you are. Why would I want to be successful? Because I've been me for 27 years. And if I have to change it in order to do something that I care about, I'm going to fuck it off. I can't be bothered. So it's, it, I used to be like really nervous about being like, am I the right person to speak about this? And I do get that sometimes. But then now it's gone, sometimes goes the other way where I'm like, oh, I'm really like, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm gonna say, but I'm not gonna do it because I might be successful and I don't wanna be. When you go uni and they start dressing, like they get the crusty Reeboks and they start wearing like, oh yeah, I'm gonna wear Reebok classics and I'm gonna look like I'm poor. And, the hoops. But you've never been to our pre market in life, like what are you doing? the hoops. Yeah, and it's just like, because it happens a lot with like black fashion as well, like mm. at urban, um, you know, they start wearing like tracksuits and like big gold chains and shit and anything that you see in like a, a rapper's music video or just in black culture in general. Um, so it's like two sides for me. Um, just cringy as fuck, like you're yeah. still posh, like when you open your mouth, you're still gonna be posh. <laughs> like, you might have Reebok classics on, but I don't know. Not to like say everyone has a nice accent is posh. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, we, we grew up, wanting our stuff to be pristine because we you know we want to we don't want to be looked down upon because we know we are working class we're not walking around like oh yeah scuff me train is it just, just stupid yeah. but uh, not to offend anyone in the room yeah. <laughs> everyone's like fuck yeah. <laughs> i definitely agree there was a shop in the north quarter that had a sign outside that was like come shop here if you want to dress like you're from a council estate None of, those, um, none of those people have been to a council estate. Which one was it? 
Um, I don't know what I'm going to say because I've already dropped a name and I'm already feeling anxious about that. <laughs> you um, tell me afterwards. Um, but yeah, there's always people wearing Burberry again. Yeah. Ironically. Oh, I, th- I think there's this... Re- right, so I went to this house party recently and this really proper fucked me off, right? Um, so, uh, like, the people who lived in this house are absolutely lovely. And then one of them was dating this really, really posh boy. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, he's going to buy a house and, like, he, he has this really fancy job. And so when he walked in, like, I didn't realise that that was her boyfriend because I was expecting, like, some guy in a suit or something, right? <laughs> and then he walks in in this, like, LS tracksuit, head to toe. And um, she was like, oh... Like, why are you dressed like that? You sort of just thought it'd be a laugh. Like, Ooh. And I was just like, right, first off, it's not a costume party, right? <laughs> it's just a regular old house party, and no self-respecting working-class person wears LS anyway. Like, come on. <laughs> um, come on. Um, and it's this, it's this really weird thing, and you don't realise it's a thing until you go away to uni, where it's like, the people with the most money are the people who love to, like, act as though they don't have any. Yeah. And I'm just like... I, I don't understand that at all. Like, it, it was not a mindset that I'd ever come across before, but it was this like whole thing of like, oh yeah, like I'm, I don't I look like I'm from like down the council estate? Don't I look like I'm poor or like, it? And it was just this really, really strange thing of like the people. So one of my friends set up a, a working class students network in Newcastle. Sadly, it was after I left, but it was really, really cool. And um, they had like a, a stall at the Freshers' Fair at Newcastle and stuff. And they were like, it was really frustrating because there were a bunch of people like pointing and laughing and being like, oh, like, what the fuck is that? Whilst like standing there and like stuff that made them look like they were like working class or whatever. And I just don't understand this idea of, oh, like, look at me, I'm going to wear something like that's ripped or like stuff that looks like it's from the 90s from like the thrift store or whatever. Um, so I can look poor, but daddy still pays my rent. Like, well, yeah, what? It's like, irony to say, I can dress like this ironically, but if you're really wearing that for real, like, ew, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. can, I can walk scruffy to be cool and funky, but, like, if you're actually a scruff, then it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'll, I'll wear this clothing to make me look like I'm from the area, but I would never associate with anyone from the area. So. Yeah, it's, it's like, like putting a costume on, isn't it? It really like, is, it just feels like putting a costume on, and it's like, you know, these white boys who are from, like, I don't know, Sussex or whatever. <laughs> I, I assume that's where they all come from. Um, yeah, like, can walk around in trackies and stuff like that, but if my younger brother walks around in the same trackies, like, he's going to get stopped on his way out of JD and stuff. Like, yeah, we've yeah. All, he's 15, we've already had, like, all those conversations. And I'm like, it's, it's that whole thing of, I think, when it comes to, like, cultural appropriation or people slumming it or dressing up in something that isn't just the, what they've grown up with, it, it's not the fact that you're, like, borrowing from another culture that's the issue. It's the fact that, like... When you wear that, no one thinks anything of it. It's kooky, it's a bit funny, it's all right. But like, if a working class person wears that, they're a scruff. Like, they're lazy, like, yeah, look at them, like, can't the even get fall around the shop, Always. stuff like that. And I think it's, that's the issue with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just doing it is weird, like, sort yourself out. But, <laughs> but it, you, it's the fact that you don't understand how it's different for you than it is for someone who, like, that's just their life. I don't Even know. the screen's saying... <laughs> <laughs> what the screen's like, shut up, Icarus. <laughs> it's, it's like, we want some crisps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was a rant. Thanks. <laughs> Chris, through there. Chris, boys. Don't run now. Be safe getting there. Yeah.